Everyone doing all right? You staying warm? Good, good, good. We're going to wrap up uh, our, our lessons on restoration this week. And uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit has been chatting with some of y'all over the last few weeks. Has, has anyone gotten anything out of it the last few weeks? And hopefully I'm interested to hear some of the stories that maybe the Holy Spirit has began to work on some of us. Uh, I know there's areas in my life that the Lord has been restoring and, and breathing life back into. Uh, someone said, well, we're restored to what? Restored to what? If God is restoring you, that means that you're, you're being brought back to your original condition. Well, in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 3, it actually the Bible tells us that we were created in the likeness of God. We were created to be like God. Think about it. God, God is, is there any lack in God? No. If there was lack, he wouldn't be God. So he has created all of us to be vessels that can actually operate with no lack in our life because of him. Think about it. Could you imagine going through life with no lack, no limitation? There's no limitation in God. Whatever he's called you to do, he's, he's made you limitless to do it. There's always enough in God. There's always enough with us. You know, uh, uh, I love, I once had someone explain to me, wealth, true wealth is not how much stuff you have acquired or how much funds you have acquired. True wealth is, is a measure of how much you don't need. Think about it. Is there anything in this life that you really need at this moment? Is there anything you really need? I bet the list would be really, really very few, which means that we are all wealthy people sitting in this room. No matter where your bank account says, we're all wealthy people sitting in this room. God has placed us at, a, at, at an incredible position. Matter of fact, everyone in this room lives like kings compared to two-thirds of the world. We're blessed. We're blessed. So God is going to restore us back to an original condition, original mindset that we had long before the fall of man. That's what I believe the heart of God is, so that we can have true fellowship. And the way is Christ. Christ is the door. To, to, to step into that fullness and understanding of, of your God-likeness, that God has created you to be like him. So are you trying to say I'm God? I'm trying to say that you, you're created to be like God. It's, a, it's, it's a, what's called a holographic image, not a holographic image, a holographic. You can pick up uh, an oak leaf, and in that leaf is all the genetic material that you need to understand the entire huge oak tree. Just from that leaf. The leaf is not the tree in its entirety, but it's got all the qualities genetically that you need to understand the oak tree. I can go take a mason jar, dip it in the lake water, sit it on my mantle. When you come over, say, what's that? Well, that's the lake. That's the lake? Well, it's not the whole of the lake, but that water contains all the qualities and all the uh, swimmies and all the squigglies <laughs> and, and all the molecular structure that the lake water would have. Right there in that jar. That's what you are, a mason jar full of God. Which means that you can contain all the incredible qualities that God has right within you via the Holy Spirit. That's what he's trying to restore us to. So we learned uh, the first week that we can actually have a pr say a prayer. It's a prayer similar to the thief. Remember me. Uh, we learned that it meant put me back together. Remember me. Put me back together. And Jesus said, hey. When I enter into my kingdom, when I'm in paradise, you're going to be right there with me. We learned that the kingdom of heaven is not uh, about rules and regulation, but it's 
a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. That means we can go back and get in us. We can go inside and meet with Christ in our prayer closet. And just and, and, and that righteousness and peace and joy is not going to come from the outside. It's going to swell up within us. Uh, last week, we, we meandered around and finally learned that, that what he's really wanting to restore uh, Psalm 23 says, he restoreth, our, he restoreth my, my mind, my soul. We learned that soul comes from the root word suke, which means psyche, psychiatric, that which pertains to the mind. So what he's really after is to restore your mind. Why? Because it's, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If he can correct your mind, true transformation can take place. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing or the restoring of your suke, your mind, your soul. What would a profit a man if he gained the whole world but lost his suke, his soul, his mind? We, we, we are in pursuit of so many things in this world that mean absolutely nothing. And, and we can lose our minds, our souls, our wills trying to go after that stuff. But God's saying, no, 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 I'm bringing you back into the kingdom. I'm bringing you back into righteousness, peace, and joy right here in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to restore your mind. So I want to talk to you. I'm going to give you a little illustration today of what God wants to do. Because I think a lot of us have been brought into the kingdom. The Lord has delivered you out of some wonderful things, but yet you're still dealing with a lot of things from your past. You're dealing with some brokenness and some damage in your life, and you're thinking, you know, okay, great. Yes, I attend church. I try to be regular about it. I may even crack open my Bible a little bit. I even try to say some prayers, but at the same time, there's no way I can ever really be everything that God wants me to be in the condition that I'm in right now. God, you know, you're just going to have to wait until God heals me more or whatever. I'm telling you, I'm telling you today that God can use you right where you are at, right in the condition that you're in, and that as you walk with him, when Jesus healed the lepers, he told him, he said, go to the temple and, and show yourself to be clean, and the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. They weren't healed in front of them. They could have said, I still see leprosy on me. What do you mean? But as they began to walk by faith, as they went, they were healed. That's how a lot of our restoration is going to go. As we go, we're going to be healed and restored. Amen? So uh, we're going to talk today from 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 9, and, and we're going to kind of skip around some verses, uh, just kind of jump around some verses for the sake of time. <coughs> But we're going to talk about a, a very peculiar guy by the name of Mephibosheth. Say that three times really fast. Mephibosheth. Who in the world would name their kid Mephibosheth? Well, somebody did. Jonathan did, actually. So this is King David. King David has been ruling for a bit. Saul and, and his son Jonathan were killed in battle. So David stepped in, uh, took the throne as God had anointed him to do. And so now David, who, whose best friend had been Jonathan for years and who he loved even more than a brother, David had been sitting there just really missing Jonathan. And, and so he starts wondering, okay, does Jonathan have anyone that I can, any, any descendants? Is there any descendants of the house of Saul that I can bless? And this is, this is kind of the conversation that took place. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And Ziba said unto the king, Ziba had been a servant of Saul back in the day. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame in his feet. So David gets this revelation. 
Jonathan's got a son. Yeah, he's, he's handicapped. He's, he's lame in his feet. And the king said unto him, well, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel and Lodabar. So he's in, in a town called Lodabar. Man, that is not, doesn't sound like a good place to be at all. Lodabar. Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. So he brings this handicapped young man back into the kingdom, and he says, look, don't be afraid of me. I'm about to restore, hey, we've been talking about that, right? I'm about to restore everything that was your grandfather's back to you. And not only that, I want you to eat at my table continually. And he bowed, this is uh, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth bowed himself and said, what is, thy, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then Ziba said unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. I want to talk to you today about delivered but damaged delivered but damaged. Now Mephibosheth was the grandson of Saul, which means he was born royalty. He was born a prince. Uh, he was born possibly as an heir to the throne. And yet God became displeased with Saul, chose to anoint David as king. Now it would be close to 13 years before David had oil poured on his head to be king and before he was able to take the throne, there was lots of battles. He was exiled for a while. He had to go hang out with the Philistines and fight with them for a while. And then when the, the day come that Saul's, Saul and Jonathan are, are killed, David comes and takes the throne. So all of Saul's family had fled. Here is Mephibosheth hanging out lame in Lodabar. You have to understand that, back, especially back then, uh, they did not have special... Uh, special physical needs uh, laws put into effect. If you were handicapped, if you were lame, if you were crippled in any part of your body, you were seen as a headache to society. You were an extra burden. You didn't have all the rights that everybody else did. Uh, aside from your family, you probably didn't have anyone else helping you out. So here's a guy who was born royalty but now finds himself in a place exiled outside of the kingdom in Lodabar in a condition that is keeping him from walking in life. Anyone ever found themselves in a place where you just didn't feel like you could get ahead in life and you felt like you were so far away from where you could have been, so far away from where you started, so far behind the starting line, and yet David finds out about it and he says, Go fetch him. That's an interesting word. Go fetch him. If you, gotta, if, if you want your dog to fetch something, that means you're going to throw it from where you're at. And if he's going to actually fetch it, that means he's supposed to what? 
bring it back. Now, if you're going to teach your dog to go get something, he's going to go get it and then take it and do whatever he wants to with it. Chew on it, bury it, whatever. But if you want him to fetch it, that means that it starts with you. It winds up over there. The dog's going to get it, bring it back. So David says, go fetch him. He was once here. He was once part of the kingdom. There was once a plan for his life. Go fetch him. Some of us have been in that situation that we've been in a place that, if, if, that, that we couldn't even get ourselves out of it. There was no way he could have ever walked out of Lodabar. And yet, God will use some of the oddest people and some of the strangest times to go get you. And some of you have been there before. You say, man, if somebody hadn't preached what they preached, had someone not been praying over me, had someone not reached out to me, if someone not showed up when they did, I don't know what would have happened in my life. And yet God in his faithfulness, whether you felt you deserved it or not, someone was used to come touch your life, to come speak a word into you, to come show love, to break through whatever that wall was. And so Mephibosheth was fetched. Now you have to understand, men, men aren't really keen on getting carried. You know what I mean? Men don't want to be carried. Yet sometimes there are circumstances that won't allow you to move forward. So we're going to have Mephibosheth here. Come on, Mephibosheth. You the man today. Here, you're going to have to hold my mic. <laughs> this is how God delivers you. He brings you to a place where you can't do anything on your own. And the only way you're going to get out is if he carries you. All you can do, y'all remember the song, leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. All you can do is lean out. You're going to be walking around. You're going to be moving. But it's not going to be by your own might. It's not going to be by your own power. But it's going to be by his spirit, says the Lord. So he was brought and fetched and brought back into the kingdom. Here we go. We're going to lay you down. There you go. Lay on down. I'll let you do it on your own. Oh, you're sitting on my stand. Take it easy, Mephibosheth. All right, let me get that out of the way for you. So he's brought back into the kingdom, carried by the grace of God. David sent someone to go fetch him. Someone needs, someone. there's someone here today that God needs to send someone to fetch you with love. And by his spirit, get you out of that place. That Lodabar place where you can't move forward. You can't get out of it on your own. So he brings them, lays them in the floor, in the palace. And there he is broken. He's been delivered back into the kingdom. But he's damaged still. Delivered? Yeah. But damaged. That's how a lot of us are. We're not in the place that we used to be. God's brought us out. You're living a better life than what you once did. You're taking the things of God more serious. You're a part of the kingdom. You're back in the palace. You're in a beautiful place now compared to that dump Lodabar. But you're damaged. And you can't get into your now. 
and receive everything that God has for you now because you can't get over your then. You don't understand what I've gone through, Dave. You don't understand what I've been through. I know God's loved me, and yeah, he's blessed me. He's let me be a part of all this. But I still have some things in my life I haven't been able to let go of. You don't understand what was done to me. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the mistakes I've made. I just can't let myself get over it. I know I'm delivered, but I'm still damaged. Yet God's got some incredible things for you. Could, could I get our, our beautiful table? Now, while they're, they're helping us out, David said, no, 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 no. I said, you don't, understand what, you don't understand what I want to do for you. Look, I have brought you out of Lodabar because I have some things for you. You know, all that land, you remember when you were a little boy and you used to run all over your grandpa's, uh, uh, all of his crops, all of his fields, all of his harvest fields. You remember all those nice homes that he owned? All those areas you used to play in when you were a little boy. I'm going to return all that stuff back to you. Whoever's living on it is going to have to get off of it. Whoever, whoever's growing the crops, they're now yours. I'm going to give you crops you didn't plant, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. They're all going to be yours, Mephibosheth, because I loved your daddy so much, Jonathan. And so I want to honor my covenant with him. And he said, not only that, I've got my servants preparing a table for you right in the middle of my palace. And every night I want you to come have dinner with me. You will eat the finest foods. You will drink the finest wines. You'll have the finest company you've ever encountered. I want to do all that for you. And you know what Mephibosheth's answer was? How can you bless me? I'm a dead dog. Look, I appreciate you brought me out of a bad place I couldn't get myself out of. But I'm still broken. I still have things I, I still have things I got to deal with. I still have things I've gotten over yet, and and on and on. And while he's talking, God's got something going on over here. Boy, he's prepared a place for me. Man, the Bible says that he prepares a table before my enemies. That when all the enemies want to talk, put all them crazy thoughts in your head. That you're nothing but a dead dog and that you too wounded, too broken to be of any good. God's got some place for you right here in the kingdom, a spot that he is preparing for you. But you're not going to be able to enjoy it laying on that floor. Touch somebody say, I got to get up off of this floor. I can't. God's got some things for you, but you don't understand. I, I don't, you know, you know what, one of the funniest things, and I've heard it by multiple people in this neighborhood. For five years almost, Julie and I have been living here in this neighborhood. We've been reaching out to people and, and, and whatnot and encouraging people to connect with God, and especially now that we're part of the church here within the community. I have more people tell me, you know, Dave, I, look, I really want to be there, and I'm planning on being there. And, and look, I know i got to get some things right with God, but... There's just some things I need to take care of first and get right. 
before I show up. I don't, you know what my response is? Do you have to get washed up to take a shower? I don't know about you, but when I'm all grubby, grimy, and, and muddy and nasty, I hop right in the shower just as I am and let the shower get me all clean. God's not worried about your present condition. As the Bible says he sees the end from the beginning. Matter of fact, when he looks at you, he sees the finished product because he chooses to. He doesn't worry about your present condition. Why? He's a God of restoration. Restoration always elevates the value of something. So here's Mephibosheth. I'm a dead dog. You've got this table over here. You got, you've got what prepared for me? I can't. I'm, I've, I've been delivered, but I'm damaged. Now, we can't be too hard on him because you've got to understand where he's been, how he got in this condition. If you go back a few chapters, you'll actually read when, when word came that Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle, all of their relatives panicked and they ran because they knew David would come and take the throne. That was no secret. And over in the Middle East, it was custom. If you had a new bloodline taking the throne, they would go round up all the current bloodline royalty and kill them. Because you didn't want any of their youngins growing up coming after your throne, causing a rebellion. And so the first thing they thought is, man, David is coming down on us. They weren't even aware of how much he loved Jonathan and the covenant that he had made with, with Jonathan. And so in their haste, the nurse picked up Mephibosheth as a young child and began to run. And she dropped him. And it broke his ankles. They didn't have doctors in that could reset bones and treat this thing. So he was wounded because someone he trusted dropped him. That's why some of you guys are in the condition that you're in, because when you were younger, someone that should have had your back, someone you relied on, someone that you loved, someone that you thought was going to protect you and cover you, wound up dropping you. Anyone ever been dropped before? Family should have had my back. My best friend took off with all the funds. My wife, who I thought was going to be there, disappeared one day. My, my children, who I thought I worked so hard to raise, they've abandoned me. My parents, who I wanted to love more than anything, abused me. Whatever, we've all got some kind of story behind us. And in some way, we've all been dropped by someone that we've trusted and it's left us wounded, damaged. That's why, that's why your wife can't talk to you. She's in the kingdom. She loves the Lord. But y'all have problems. Why? Because she's damaged. She was dropped. That's why your husband can't relate to the kids like you wish he could. Because he was dropped. Damaged. Delivered? Sure. That's why some of y'all, some of us, I'll even say, I'm going to turn the finger right back at me. That's why some of us have issues dealing with that temper 
I know I'm saved. I know I'm redeemed. And I shouldn't have this temper that I have, but I have it. I should be able to handle money better than what I can handle. I should be able to communicate in my relationships better than what I can. I, I should be able to be more transparent, even though God has me said, but I can't because I'm damaged. I've been delivered, but I still got these issues. And all the while, God's preparing a table for you. Lord, you don't understand. Are you even paying attention to me, God? I would work for you. I would do things for you. I would volunteer. I would, I would participate more in your kingdom. What, what are you doing over there, God? Oh, they're going to be serving up the food here pretty soon. You're going to have to get yourself off that the floor at some point. You're not a dead dog. That's why God wants to restore your mind. Because all this time you've been having dead dog thoughts. You've been seeing yourself lesser than what you really are. And yet God wants to come over and tell you, hey, no, 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 you're not a dead dog. Come on up, Mephibosheth. Here, I'm going to walk with you. I know you're, I know you're lame. I'm going to walk with you. I know you've had issues, but you're still a king's kid. I know you failed in your life, but you're still a king's kid. You're royalty. You have to understand, David could have sent him back. Mephibosheth had no business even being in the kingdom. He wouldn't be able to fight for David and his army. He was lame. He wouldn't be able to grow crops. He's lame. He would have been of no service to David. No one in their right mind would receive a package delivered to you when you looked at it and it was damaged. You would not sign for it. You'd hand it right back to the UPS driver and say, send it back. If Amazon sent you something that was damaged, it's going right back to where it came from. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith he hath loved us, the Bible said, looked at, the king looked at Mephibosheth and said, it doesn't matter that you're damaged. I know what condition you're in, but come here. I got a place right here over for you. It doesn't matter that you've been messed up. I'm not worried that you've been dropped. Watch my mic cord, Mephibosheth. I'm not worried that you've been dropped. Come on up there. Come on up there. I have got a place for you. It doesn't matter what condition you feel that you are in today. It doesn't matter how lowly you think you've been. Stop having dead dog thoughts about yourself and, and understand you're still a king's kid. He has prepared a place for you. And dinner is going to be served, okay? Start from the inside. Work your way out, all right? As it all comes, right? And they're going to be filling up your cup here pretty soon, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter see God's saying look I know you messed up I know you went through that divorce I know you had that child out of wedlock I know you went through an abortion I know that you've fouled up I know you've cheated people before I know that you've questioned things before I know you've rebelled against authority I know everything that you've done but you don't understand I created you in my image. I made you to be like me. I see the end product from the beginning. You are my child. I don't care if you've been delivered back into my kingdom damaged. 
I'll take you as you are. And as you go, you're going to be healed. I have prepared a place before your enemies. So from now on, when your enemies begin to talk to you and try to put dead dog thoughts in your head, no, just eat. Of He said, I want you to eat bread at my table continually. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, eat me, eat on me or partake of me. He's going to fill you up with so much Christ that it's going to change you and begin to restore you. I'm delivered, but I'm broken. He still has a place at the table. Come on, we're going to eat. What are, they, what are they serving you? Yeah, I'm, uh, trust me, I, that, that's happened before. I'm going to get smart here. So, yeah, they've got, they've got some good food. Every night, every night, I want you coming to my table. Every single night. And it's going to be some good stuff. Look, God has got a place for you at his table. I don't care how embarrassed you are, how lowly you feel. No one was more lowly than Mephibosheth. A would-be king stuck in Lodabar. Yet the king loved him so much that he fetched him. God loved you so much that he has brought you through some things. Some of you shouldn't even be sitting here alive today, and you know it. Yet God's hand was on you, brought you through what you needed to come through, and brought you right here. And don't you think less of yourself in the kingdom. Say, well, I look at other people worshiping. I look at other people that have studied the word of God. There's no way I'm any more spiritual than I'll never be as spiritual as them. I want you to understand. Go back and remember what, what the story said. It said that he sat him at the table. And so every night Mephibosheth would show up. And it said that when everyone was eating, when Ziba and his sons and his servants came around and were feeding food and, and, and serving stuff and pouring wine and all that, and, and uh, uh, who knows, Howard may be a descendant straight from Ziba and all that. So, so, so uh, when all that took place, the Bible said he, Mephibosheth, sat at the table looking just like one of the king's kids. From the waist up, you couldn't tell the difference. When Amnon and Tamar and all those other kids of David were sitting around eating, there's Mephibosheth. You couldn't tell a difference. Because to God, it doesn't matter. He's not worried about how many scriptures you got memorized. He's not worried about if you're the loudest worshiper or not. He's not worried about, uh, uh, actually, he's not even worried about how often you're attending church. Well, that's going to mess with some people's theology. What he's concerned about is, does he have you? Because you could show up to church every single week, but he still may not have you. Does he have you? Because that's when restoration begins. And it said that he sat at the table looking like one of the kings, except if you looked up under, said that he was crippled in his feet. He was still lame in his feet. He was at an incredible place at the seat and table of God, of the king, even in his current condition. I'm telling you, God has a spot for you in the kingdom. Say, I'm not perfect. Well, guess what? If you were to hold up the tablecloth on all of us, every single person in here, what kind of lame feet do we all have? Because it's not by our might nor by our power, but it's by the Spirit saith the Lord, we are saved by faith and not our own works. There's nothing I could have done to ever put me in any place in the kingdom of God.
And in my knuckle-headed condition, God still got me off the floor of a dead dog and stuck me at his table to feast with him. Let's all stand. That's why God wants to restore your mind. Oh, yeah, if we can. Thank you, Ziba and servants. Look at that. Thank you all so much. If there's anyone here and you're saying, you know what, I've got to get myself up off the floor. I've got to get up off the floor. I've been thinking dead dog thoughts. Or maybe you've, you're still in Lodabar. Maybe you're still in a place that you're like, you know, I, I, there's just, I've I, I got to have somebody carry me out. Look, there's lots of people in this room that would love you unconditionally, not judge you, wrap their arms around you, and speak the word of God into your life and breathe life back into you. I'm telling you, you are, you are in a good spot today. We're going to sing one more song. When we do that, I want to invite anyone who wants, wants to pray or just come down and celebrate with us. Uh, uh, I believe that one of the lyrics of the song is that my fear, my fear doesn't stand a chance in the presence of your love. Whatever your fear, whatever your intimidation in life, whatever ill thoughts you may have had of yourself or others, <coughs> all of that doesn't stand a chance in the presence in the presence of God today. So anyone who wants prayer, I want to invite you down front today. Uh, we're not even going to go to the corner. Just come on down front. Or if you just want to come down and join us as a family, or if we all want to just come down as a family and worship one last time, I want to invite you to do so. Father, I thank you. I thank you for delivering me out of Lodabar, for fetching me out. Father, when I thought the lowest thoughts, and Lord, you know me, there's, I'm the worst critic of myself I could ever have encountered. Yet you raise me up and you put me at a place in your table. Even in my broken condition, you didn't expect me to be perfect in your kingdom. You took me, even though I was delivered but damaged, and let me sit at your table. Thank you, Lord. And the beautiful thing about it the beautiful thing about it is that when God delivers you and he heals you and heals you, given time and you get to a place that you can begin to walk again, you get to play the role of Ziba to go into Lodabar for someone else and deliver them out. Why? Because you know exactly where they've been. And you know of exactly where they've had to walk. Some of the best surgeons, if you ever have to have knee surgery, I've heard some of the best surgeons to have are those who have already had that same kind of knee surgery. Why? Because they know exactly what you're going to go through, and they know exactly how to rehab you. Thank you, Lord. Let's all worship together. If you want prayer, feel free to come down front. Someone, I guarantee you, someone would come down and pray for you. But let's worship as a family one last time.